in the world of freedom. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Ich bin ein Berliner. This is Radio Goethe Magazine with Arndt Peltner. News and information from the heart of Europe. America will do more, but America will... That's the good news. The bad news is America will ask for more from our partners as well. I went to Afghanistan, a country I had wanted to visit for a long time, ever since I read a book about it when I was 14. Of course, it wasn't high on my list of travel destinations. The security situation kept me away. However, when the US presidential election campaign kicked off and several of the candidates from both parties demanded that NATO partners become more active and engaged in Afghanistan, and more recently, the new vice president Joe Biden demanded the same at a security conference in Munich, Germany, I realized that not many Americans know that the military and reconstruction operations in Afghanistan are carried out by a multinational force. For example, Germany has more than 3,500 troops stationed in the north of the country and is in charge of operations up there. I contacted the Office of Foreign Affairs in Berlin, they got me in contact with the Defense Department and finally I had my travel dates. From the military section of the Cologne airport I traveled along with the soldiers to Tamiz and Uzbekistan, just north of Afghanistan. We spent a night at the airfield before we went on a Transal cargo plane into Afghanistan and to the major German base Camp Mamal. Camp Mamal is a huge base outside the city of Masai Sharif. It's the hub for the German Air Force. Eight Transal cargo planes are stationed there as well as the Tornado planes, which take the air intelligence photographs for all of ISAF, the International Security Assistance Force. But Camp Mamal is not only a German enclave, it is also based for troops from other countries who are part of the ISAF. The day I arrived there was no official program planned, so I went along with two other journalists to visit the city Masai Sharif. Members of the military are not allowed to leave the camp. Most of the soldiers do not see the outside of the camp. The Afghanistan experience happens inside the safe walls of Camp Mamal. Through an interpreter, we called for a taxi, which picked us up just outside the camp. Masai Sharif is a big, pulsating and growing city with over 300,000 citizens. In the center is the Blue Mosque, an impressive building in the middle of a park. When we were there, it was snowing and the tiles were slippery. A young boy was pushing the snow aside to make it easier for visitors to walk. From there we went on to the shopping area, just to get a glimpse of life in Afghanistan, a culture we have no idea about. Music was blasting, store owners invited us in, some men just walked up and offered to change our money. A couple of women walked by, most of them covered in burqas, some with just a headscarf and a few dressed in western-style clothing. After a couple of hours, when it was getting dark, we made our way back, again by taxi. Traffic is a nightmare in Masai Sharif. When things on the street stopped moving, some cars just drove up on the sidewalk to pass others. Right before the camp in the open fields, a little shock moment happened. The taxi crawled along through the thick snow. Then we came upon two cars stopped in the middle of the road. It got quiet in our car. We all were thinking the same thing. What is going on here? 
but it turned out to be harmless. One broken down car, another one stopped to help. But this is what you feel and expect in Afghanistan. The worst. The news we get at home has strongly shaped how we perceive this country and its people. The next morning I was invited to go along on a patrol to a small village about 45 minutes away from the camp. I was handed a bulletproof vest. The trip commander talked to his soldiers before the move out, explaining the plan and the route. The vehicles were dingoes, big heavy armored cars with guns on top. Manuel was the leader of this commando. The purpose of these patrols is to get information. The security zone around the camp includes the villages, meaning the army wants to talk to the elders, find out how things are, what is needed and if they have heard anything that would be worrisome. He was trained back in Germany to do this job, learning about the culture, how to contact people, how to communicate with all the necessary forms of respect. Manuel describes that there are two different ways to make visits like this. One, the Bundeswehr just moves in and checks up on things. Two, they call ahead, letting the villagers know that they will come. Like on the day I was there, so the village elders have a chance to prepare, to set things up, because in this village they like to invite their guests into their houses. It's a difficult trip. The landscape is covered by thick snow, a low fog blanket hangs over the scenery. The three dingoes pass little woods, some houses and lots of walls. Afghanis build walls around property to signal to others that the land is taken. No house built, no animals around, just a plain wall. We arrive outside a small village. The dingoes park in a circle, soldiers climb up to the weapons and secure the area. Manuel, a translator, another soldier and I walk over to the house of the village elder. Some heavily armed soldiers accompany us to secure the entrance to the house. Next to us are some children wearing jackets donated by the ISAF troops. For Manuel and the other Bundeswehr members, the children are the barometer of how things are. The children are always happy and open to seeing them. The men just not sometimes, but they are friendly as well. The Germans are well received in this area. A group of six elders greets us and leads us into a room, decked out with carpets with food on them. We are invited to sit down. In front of us tea, nuts, fruit, candy, bread. Everyone gets a cup of tea and has to taste the food. With the help of the translator, Manuel starts a conversation. It's about what is called winter help. He finds out if the children need more clothes for the cold days, how the repair of the mosque is coming along and whether or not the village needs more wood for this work. The mayor, the Mahdi, talks about his visit to Mecca. He's proud of being now a Haji and says that many visitors are coming to congratulate him on his long journey. Everything seems very peaceful, like neighbors talking about things that happen. But I wonder how the Afghanis perceive the armed soldiers in the room, the reporter that sits around with a bulletproof vest. Here, inside, their talk is about children's clothes. Outside, heavily armed soldiers secure the area, expecting an attack any minute. They understand the need for security, they say. Things are not like they should be in this country. 
The mayor and the other elders express appreciation for the work of the Germans and their efforts to reach out in these difficult times, saying, hopefully, at one point, there will be a time when they just can be friends in normal circumstances. For the commander Manuel, these visits and the offers to help are very important. He says he always feels welcome in the homes. For him, this is an important part of building a secure Afghanistan, because if the villagers trust the Germans, it gets harder and harder for those who are planning attacks or trying to disturb the fragile peace in the area to hide. Colonel Carsten Steuer is the base commander of Camp Mamad. He oversees the 3,500 soldiers stationed here and the fleet of German aircraft that covers the entire country. Well, we are coming in like a comprehensive approach. We are integrating a different resource here in Afghanistan, not only military, but also a lot of cultural and civil projects that we're trying to, uh, to get into here. And um, I think um, that is uh, one of the things that is uh, popular here. Uh, but also um, it is um, like uh, some uh, of our uh, German behavior to get over here, but not to get into their culture. We have to understand the culture, but not to get our westerly culture into here. That is, I think, uh, the thing to do. Well, we are very well accepted. Um, historical, we have a good connection to Afghanistan. The Allemans, we are so-called Allemans here. Uh, have a good relationship to here and the, the uh, um, citizens here um, are very uh, open-minded to, uh, to the Germans uh, in total. Steuer agrees that the involvement in Afghanistan is not short-term. Germany and the countries of the ISAF forces will have to stay for a long time, not only to help build up a secure country, but also to support the economic growth of Afghanistan. Well, I think it's a uh, it's really important uh, to secure more the south of the country because there we have uh, more problems than we have in, in the north. In the north we don't have so much problems and we get already in more troops than we had it before. We, we, we started with, uh, with around 2,000 and now we are over 3,500, getting up to uh, maybe 4,500. So we are in the same process like the other nations saying that um, we need more soldiers to get um, a more safe environment for all the other NGOs, non-governmental uh, organizations, doing their work here in Afghanistan. Asked what he thinks about American politicians and commentators saying that Germany needs to get more involved in Afghanistan, Colonel Carsten Steuer responds. At a time when the regions were given to the different nations, um, we have a, a, a start point and uh, we didn't choose uh, the north by ourselves, so it was uh, chosen by the NATO and given it to us. Now, years later, um, they're saying that we choose the right part. Well, maybe that is true. On the other hand, um, I think we're doing the right approach, going to the uh, people, doing this comprehensive approach, as I told before, and I think we are on the right way. I think that... Uh, our politicians, as well as our people in Germany, um, need to get more uh, offensive information to America to tell them, hey, uh, we are here as you are here. We are doing basically the same, the, the same job. 
with not so many soldiers because we don't have so. I'm uh, Colonel Ren. I'm the deputy commander of the German uh, contingent here in, in Afghanistan. First of all, it was not Germany to pick the northern part. It was NATO uh, that asked Germany if Germany would be uh, willing to take over the northern part. And yes, it is true that we have some kind of stability in the north. Uh, maybe more stability than in other uh, parts of the country. However, we we still have challenges here, and I don't want to count uh, figures, but we have lost, sadly, I have to report that, 30 German soldiers killed in action. Uh, we have um, more or less um, in... Uh, in a, a sequence, we have uh, IEDs, uh, we have uh, uh, suicide attacks. So yes, it is. It might be more quiet than in other in other parts of the country, but it's still not not quiet and stable in terms that we would think of in Europe or in the United States of America. Colonel Wren sits in a small office, taking the time to explain the operations to a civilian like me. He's proud of the fact that Germany stepped up to the plate and sent its troops to Afghanistan. The German soldiers, he says, are well prepared for doing their job over here. Germany, as being the third biggest uh, troop contributor in Afghanistan, is responsible for the northern region in Afghanistan, which... Uh, uh, is um, the, the region in which we have nine provinces. Um, within that region, uh, we are the uh, lead nation, amongst others, the lead nation to uh, be responsible for security. Besides the, the army side, uh, we do have uh, uh, recce tornadoes, reconnaissance tornadoes, um, in the north of Afghanistan. However, they are just stationed here and they uh, fly, uh, uh, they do their taskings not only in the north, but uh, they uh, have taskings also in other parts of Afghanistan. Uh, let me just uh, give you some figures. 40% uh, of, of all the, the pictures taken of all the tasks done so far in the reconnaissance uh, world have been done by the German tornadoes and uh, this is uh, even even more challenging since the tornadoes have been here for just one and a half years. Germany also is um, very proud to have a, a very sophisticated uh, uh, system of airlift. Uh, more than 45 percent of uh, uh, the, the passengers and the material that is uh, transferred within Afghanistan is, is done by German aircraft. Um, we are a nation that uh, has very sophisticated what we call medivac, so medical evacuation on the strategic side of the house. Um, maybe it's, it's good to know that uh, the Germans try to uh, stabilize the north as well as the others do in other regions and uh, that we are part of the ISA family. The camp is also home of the largest hospital in the region. Built for the ISAF troops, it is equipped with the latest in medical technology. But the security situation in the area is so stable that only some beds are filled with soldiers. The Germans are trying to reach out and offer to take on some cases from other Afghani hospitals in the region, as Major Hofer, the chief of the medical task force, describes. He points out that the A in ISAF stands for assistance, 
And this is not just meant in a military sense, but also in a civilian, in this case a medical sense. Currently about 80 to 100 civilian Afghanis are treated each week here in the camp hospital. The idea is not to take cases away from the Afghan health system, but rather to support and offer Western medical knowledge. The cases range from tuberculosis to cancer to broken bones that haven't healed the right way. Quite often, Hofer explains, the doctors have to research certain case studies in Germany because some sicknesses they are confronted with here have not been dealt with back home for a very long time. Major Hofer points out that the available capacity the hospital has is used to help civilians, to give them a chance to once again have a normal life in the Afghani society. My name is uh, Tobias Maui, I'm Major German Army Reserve and I'm the uh, deputy uh, CJ9 Simic of the German part of ISAF in North North. Simic, yeah. On the German understanding, <laughs> it's uh, civil military uh, cooperation. Uh, some use it as coordination, but that always intends to that we as military try to coordinate the others, and most of GOs and NGOs don't like that at all. <laughs> well, so far, um, there is a certain happiness that we can we can state that there Mazar Sharif is seems to be for most of the Afghans a secure and safe place. We have a compared to other cities booming economy. So from looking to those clear hold shape, clear hold and build phases, we are already in in the rebuild uh, section. A lot of economies coming into town, a lot of businessmen are, are doing business. What is missing is the are qualified workers to execute proper work uh, so that you could uh, continue with work to make higher qualified products, for example, instead of export certain things if you could uh, treat them inside the country. That would grow the economy itself a little bit better. So far a lot of productions or a lot of products uh, are sent out because there is not the knowledge how to deal with it. The German army tries to reach out to the Afghani population with TV ads like this one or with a special radio program for civilians to give them information and news regarding the ISAF troops. Major Tobias Mullen of Civic sees the new role of the army as not just a military force, but also a force for civilian and cultural goals. We have some kind of change of momentum in our superiors and also in our command levels. Um, that is, we need to go away from those quick impact projects into long-term projects. That is a bit against our military system, of course, because we used to think in operations in short term, four, six months terms. Now I have to see that a long-term development needs also a long preparation. And training of teachers, training of, of kindergartners, for example, that needs a bit more time in advance to prepare it. It needs a long time for the training itself. You need to have qualified personnel to do it. So on and so far. So that is quite a change of, of our th how we understand it in the past and now looking into a growing economy that's the way ahead uh, it changed a bit our own thinking that's uh, that's true if you want to win hearts and minds you need uh, to give them a perspective that means for example construction of roads and bridges as we do it together with the local population you hire the workers and you pay them 
so everybody has enough income to feed his family and say I'm doing something for my country and I have food I can can feed my family. Germany is not only based outside Masai Sharif, there are also camps further east in Kunduz and Faisabad. Kunduz is the hot area for the Bundeswehr, where about 100 Taliban fighters are known to be based, engaging the German army repeatedly in skirmishes. The airport is an old Soviet airfield. Today there are still burnt out helicopters and tanks and the surrounding area looks like a war zone. Kunduz is one of the front lines in Afghanistan. The camp is highly secured. Because of problematic weather, I got into Kunduz later than planned. The pilots fly by sight, and if they can't see the airfield, they don't land. The day I arrived in Kunduz, I was able to ride with a convoy to an outer camp in Talokan. It was immediately obvious that the situation here is different than in Masai Sharif. Six dingoes pulled up, an armored ambulance and an armored telecommunications vehicle. Klaus was the commander of this operation. He gave specific orders how to drive and what to look out for. The process of moving out is planned in advance. He received the information 24 hours before, studied the maps, got the intelligence information about the area and the day, and then decided what kind of vehicles and equipment would be needed. For him, the priority is the security of the convoy. They observe the surroundings all 360 degrees all the time. All the vehicles have to go the same speed, none of them can fall behind. The goal is to take over the road, blocking oncoming traffic and vehicles from behind. In addition, Klaus is in contact with all drivers and with the base camp to get updated information about suicide bombers, IEDs, plant ambers. This feels like a war zone and the German military shows its strength right here. If a car from behind comes too close, the hatch on top of the last dingo is opened and a sign is shown warning, move back. If it doesn't, a signal bomb is thrown out onto the street and finally the gun is turned around on the vehicle. We reach Talokan and the little base the Bundeswehr occupies behind a high wall and a steel gate. We had gone out there to deliver a video camera to the police and some money for blankets and pillows for the border police. Both were happy about the support they got from Germany. With us was a representative of the European police, Eupol. Lieutenant Colonel Michael Valeri is in charge of the camp in Talukan, a town where things are peaceful and safe. The Kunduz area is different because Pashtuns live there and they are supporters of the Taliban. In Talokan, there are more Tajiks and Uzbeks. Michael Valeri has been in Afghanistan five times already and has seen almost the entire country during his deployments. Of course, he misses his family, but he loves this country. He is one of the lucky soldiers who has a private room, his office, where he also sleeps. 10 square meters only, but it's his own. Talking to him makes you realize that he doesn't think in a them and us mentality. 
Valeri comes across as someone who takes care of his soldiers as well as the people he's here for. The kindness of the Afghani people is overwhelming, he says. We Germans live in a service desert, everything is overdone. And here in Afghanistan people are trying to do things with almost nothing. Sometimes Valeri describes you shouldn't watch too closely what they're doing, because of job safety issues, but in the end it turns out fine. Peter Ptasek of the German Office of Foreign Affairs sits in his office in the camp in Kunduz. He doesn't have an easy job. He can't go out and do what is needed. He always has to decide first on the security issues dealing with barriers to the reconstruction of Afghanistan. But overall he knows that the work is well received. My personal impression is that the relations between Germans and Afghans are very good. That, that has many, uh, many reasons. One of the reasons is that Germany has constantly been here to, to help Afghanistan to build industries up, for example, the Spinza factory or the sugar factory in Bahlan are German investments um, long, long time ago. And um, people still remember that relationship. That's why we are looked at uh, quite in a quite friendly way, I would think. Although um, not everybody properly distinguishes uh, where foreigners are coming from. Foreigners are seen here with... Um, with respect and we are we are accepted as people who want to help but only as long as we don't dictate we do it this way or that way we try we try very hard not to do it the way to to do it properly is to involve afghans in the very early stage of any project to make sure that whatever we do will create job opportunities for the people here. That is all uh, already that is as well part of our security concept. If we are if we don't involve local staff, we can't be sure they would let us uh, do our work in in peace and security. So get them involved, talk to them. Maybe you have to talk to them twice as long as you would talk to to somebody from from Germany or the United States. But this time is well, very well invested. It pays off directly. We want to make Afghanistan a safer place and a place there where people have hope in the future, get opportunities, jobs, and uh, the possibility to build a better life for the children. There are many ideas and many hopes for this country. And if everything goes right, there might be at the end a brighter future for Afghanistan. We, we should be very clear about that. That is not a question of days, months or years. We are talking about at least one generation. Uh, maybe it, take, it takes two generations to, to change the country in a way people say that is a tremendous progress. We already made progress and it's quite considerable. But we have to make ourselves clear that Afghanistan has never been a state, a unified state, like Western states are. They will go the way differently and they, the end state will probably not look like 
Germany in a different region. It will be a different thing. But to make progress sustainable and involve all the aspects that need to be involved, education, job creation, uh, administration, implementation capacity, that will probably take really a generation at least. آرزومندیم با برنامه ویژه یک ساعته رادیو سدازادی شمال همراه بوده و از معلومات آن مستفید شده باشید. ما میکشیم تا بهترین ها را تهیه و پیشکشتان نماییم. فراموش ننمایید. موج اف ام، فریکانس 88.5، رادیو سدازادی شمال، رادیوی خود شما در شهر مزار شریف. موسیقی